Hey, Warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Does that mean we're YouTubers now? We're YouTubers. Oh, that's what. Sorry, no offense. That's what every student wants to be. Mm -hmm. And now my four-year-old. Yeah, I mean that's why I. Here's his choices. Are you ready? This is what he wants to be: YouTuber, Uh a garbage collector, Uh or fireman. (laughs) He's so cute. God, he's so cute. Okay, Vian wants to be a YouTuber. A game developer or a famous skateboarder. Do you know how many times he's been on a skateboard? Once. Not many. Once. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like four years ago. And he, or he wants to be a comedian slash actor. No, we have to support the creatives. Yeah. I know. If he wants to do it, then he's going to have to. It's going to be a long road. <laughs> it's going to be real long. Real long. But that's what <laughs> mommy and Amy are doing. So right. Exactly. We're basically going out on, a, we're all going to be living in one big mobile home. <laughs> <laughs> Except it won't be that big. Nope. No. We're, we're going to, you know what? It'll be like the submarines with the, like the way that they had. Like, oh, the no, I'm just got so claustrophobic. <laughs> I can't breathe. That's all. That's all I'm going to do. Oh my god, I seriously couldn't breathe for a second. <laughs> That's how I felt. Did you ever go in the submarine at the science no. center? Oh, no, I can't do that. Mm-mm. Well, I, I had to. Like, I was with not my children. Oh, yeah, it was a field trip. It was a field the, trip. The schoolio kids. So I was like, oh god, I can't get out of there fast enough. I hated it so much. I know. Every time we go, I'm like, oh, it looks like it's closed. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, let's go a little faster. That's the Carnegie Science Center here in Pittsburgh. There's a submarine that you can go on to. I, I can't tell you more than that because I've you, never you have to it. like you have to. Like, it's crazy. You climb through like little. They, to, you jump over like the way they would, you know, in the little tubes. Like Mm-mm. there's no doorways or anything, and it's so small and so tight. And that sounds like hell. I just remembered my dream last night. Just a part of it. One okay. small part of it, and that it was that I had to fit through this very small doorway, like Alice. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. You tripping in your dreams. I tripping. So, and then I had to drink this potion to make me smaller. And then it was, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like, I'm not going to fit through this. And then I'm like, okay, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I fit through it. But then I, to come back through, I couldn't get back through. You were stuck in that mm-hmm. world. Damn, girl. That's all I remember. 
I had some pretty serious dreams too, but now it's only because you said that, that I remember they were like, I was, I woke up like in, well, it could be that I'm early menopausal, but I woke up in a total <laughs> sweat, like just drenched, yeah, like really upset. And, but, but you know, I was just like, and then I fell back asleep. Yeah. I also wake up in, in all the we're sweats. Premenopausal. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Mm-hmm. That's a fun age to get to. Not at all. Well, actually, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that back. And, um, the reason is, is because thinking about my book and thinking about this episode, I had to go back. Yeah. I fucking love 42. Yeah. (gasps) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Like I just, I, it's like as if my heart has gotten to a place and now I need my like brain to get there. They need to like marry each other Mm -hmm. because like so much, I'd say like 80% of my body is like ready to just be like, right. What's that called? Bless and release. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's just this whole thing about, so, so no, I mean, it does suck to sweat in your sleep. No, it's awful, but it is kind of nice to be a little older and like, yeah, I agree. Not so, not, I don't know. Um, there's just this, I don't know. There's this this like confidence maybe now you mean? Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Yes. I mean, could you imagine this is what I think about myself. If I had that confidence with the amount of energy, the body, <gasps> the right? mind, I don't, when you don't forget things. I mean, I'm not just talking about like the fact I was like so skinny. I'm talking about I didn't forget things. I was able to stay up longer. Right. Like imagine. You had energy to do if, shit. If I had like the confidence and the understanding of the world <sighs> now, then with that body, holy shit, watch out. I know. We now, now I'm just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> That's just the story of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, when can I either A, take a nap or B, go to bed early? And then, but then I don't know if you're like this at all too, but I feel like that I have gotten much better. Nope. No? Everything nope right now. Uh, This is legit deja vu to a T what we're talking about, the way you're looking at me. What? I am so happened before weirded out right now this it it happened before it's a glitch in the matrix i already saw one glitch today we couldn't we did something wrong the first time and this is our chance to do it right oh my god sarah that's so weird i'm not kidding like i believe you oh it gave me like the we it was the same conversation too whoa my mind's a little blown wow Deja vu can be really strong sometimes too. That one was really strong because yeah. what happened is you started and I was like, I'm going to sit and I'm like, nah, forget it. And then you, as you kept going, it kept saying more and more and more that was the same. What? Yeah. That's weird. Sorry. That Do you want to talk about your sleep? Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter, but I feel like I um, would be like so tired and then lay down to go to sleep. And then I was like, wired. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm better at shutting it off and shutting it down and being able to go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'm also taking pills for insomnia. <laughs> but it's like at nighttime, I mean, you know, every mom says this, but I'm like, nope, I'm going to read and write yeah. uh-huh. and, you know, watch a movie and yeah. hang out right. with Mike and like, I'm going to do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to send these emails and play solitaire. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, shall we do our inner, my welcome this is just for YouTube, this beginning part, right? Mm-mm. Oh, it's for everybody. Yeah. All right. That's cool. What's up, everybody? 
So welcome back. <laughs> I feel like it's not real until I say that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so we haven't done a little bit of banter in a while. No. So here we are with some, it's weird. Like some things have really changed and some things have been like stagnant. Like I could be like, I had another shitty mental health week. Mm -hmm. They're like, Amy, you say that every week, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we've gotten so much done with our podcast and there's been so much mm-hmm, success right. and we was and we don't really like think about that because we're yeah. in it and then it's always this what's next okay what's mm-hmm. next what's next mm-hmm. bigger things or whatever so lots happened but at the same time we're still rex we're still what a rex oh <laughs> rex yeah, I don't know why, but I immediately pictured T-Rex. Well, no, actually, it should have been a T-Rex, <laughs> but I pictured the alligator from Rax. <laughs> if you want to talk about how old we are. Oh my God. We went to Rax <laughs> once a week. Kids meal with the hot chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Hot chocolate chip cookie and the reusable <laughs> alligator to drink out of. Wow. Taking me back. I know. So yeah, if you're our age, you'll know what we're talking about. If you're younger, you'll be like, the fuck these bitches. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so a little bit Look of Amy. Up racks. It was like a, oh my gosh. It, it was, was like, like an Arby's. Arby's. It was better than that. But yeah. that maybe it's just cause that's the only, when I was little, you know how your perspective's weird. I always yeah. thought it was like fine dining. Oh, well, yeah. Cause it was, cause you got a hot chocolate chip cookie and a cool alligator cup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like it doesn't get better than this. No, no, the cookie was like everything. You didn't get a toy, but you got the cookie. Yeah, yeah, that was the best part. I liked it. Definitely uh, a janky Arby's though, because Arby's has like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say that because they're not out. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> Arby's racks. Oh, racks! I'm gonna bring it back. I'm bringing racks back. Do you, do you, would you like to go on that business venture with me? <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one. <laughs> I'm taking it to Shark Tank. It's not really an idea, but I need investors. Bringing back racks. Isn't that like back to, I don't even know. <laughs> Whatever. I can't even help you out. I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't even know we were starting. And that, yet, that's here where, we are. That's where I'm at. Yeah. All right. Ready? Amy's first. Oh, I can't wait. No, it's not like, um, it's not like a, is I really wanted a funny one because I've just been so, <laughs> things have been so shitty. Like I really wanted a funny one, but I can't, I'm not going to make one up. And no. this is what came to my mind. Um, <laughs> well, wait, we have to have the theme song. Amy's first. It's an Amy's first. It's an Amy's first. It's a Amy's first. Yeah. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. It gets me every time. I know. That's why I do it. I like to make you happy. <laughs> okay. So I, well, I guess this is a first too. I called you in the shower today. <laughs> My Bluetooth speaker. I was going to say, why don't you clarify that a little bit? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was listening to a podcast that the tables got flipped and Sarah and I were interviewed and I was a little nervous about it because I'm used to doing the interviewing. Mm-hmm. And so I turned it on um, while I was getting ready to come over here and the intro, and this is true to you podcast, mm-hmm. um, Casey Brown. 
Yeah, true to you chats. Oh, excuse me, true to you chats. Yes. And I was like, I just like stopped. I like stopped mid like showering and I was like, whoa, the way she talked about us and introduced us, I was like, I think, I think I made it. <laughs> Legit. I was like, wait a second. Who is she talking about? Like, and I was like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Cause it was one of those things where I was like, I want to be her friend. I'm like, no, no, she's you. Oh, I love that. So I was so grateful for those kind words. Um, for both of us. And and it, I guess from hearing it from somebody else's perspective, it made me realize the magnitude of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I get lost in it with the everyday like bullshit that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And so that was really nice. So yeah. I guess the first is, is it's the first time I've heard myself on radio or podcast, you know, as like an interview or no, I was like, <laughs> no, what I meant was somebody talking about me. I see. I see. No, I, I follow. Can. I'm following now. I'm following okay. Because we're talking about other people most of the time. Right. Right. I mean, we talk about ourselves, but it's not somebody else outside of this talking about us. True story. Okay, fool. No, I'm done. <laughs> I go crouch in the closet. <laughs> no, I get. No, I'm totally get it now. I'm just really hot. I have to turn the fan on real quick. I was just sitting. Like, I was really cold, and then it, it got very hot. It got I think very it's hot. ring light. It is. It's the lights. It's the cameras and the lights. Because you know we made it. Because, you know, we're just... I mean, and I say that in, like, the most humble way because I get it. But I was just... It was so amazing to hear such incredible words said about yourself. Mm. I don't know. It was beautiful. So thank you, Casey. Uh, she's going to join us this summer for... And we'll learn about her mm-hmm. and share with you what she's up to. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not like back and forth thing with you on that is because I didn't listen to it yet. She will, but I'm going to. So I called Sarah and I was like, Oh my God, you have to. It was just released just to be fair. Yeah, it was. (laughs) It's not like, I mean, yeah. And I just basically was like, I've had too much murder. I need to. And then I was like, wait a second. I think there's a podcast about me out there. (laughs) Huh? So Casey's awesome though. She was a personal trainer, is a personal trainer. And she's got, a different view though on how to go about that um, that ties a lot around mental health as well yeah so it's she was really fun to talk to yeah it was yeah. it was like a hanging out mm-hmm. situation I know it got to a point where we were like holy crap like, we were done. <laughs> I was like Avery um, came in he was like part of it for a while yeah. he's like are you done yet he's like are you talking to your people still are you still working mother <laughs> So, anyways, um, yeah, there's my first. How was your week? Can you remember your week? N- no, not really. I mean, I can. And that's the thing, guys. I'm talking about old age. It's like, what the fuck? I don't even remember what I, I do remember. I, I was very productive and I actually, um, I felt so much better about this week because I was like, okay, listen, so <laughs> this is so telling of, of who I am right here. I bought this book, um, get your shit together probably three years ago. And I read like the first few chapters and we then know, we know how you, yeah, you're like me though. I can't say much. We're collectors. Yeah. And, and then I put it down and then the other day I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I really need to read this. <laughs> like I, I need Did it. you? 
So I started reading it again. Okay. I kind of like flipped through what I had already read, started reading it again. And I was like, okay, I'm putting these things into action right now. Okay. And I got out my, my calendar and like my notebook and stuff. And I just, I planned out time wise. Cause I always plan out what I need to do for the week, but I never say like, you're going to do this at 9am and this oh. at 10am. Like I don't do that. That's tight. That's hard. It is, but I did it and I stuck to it. And when I stuck to it, I was able to like another goal that I had was to be un- unplugged by 7pm. I was like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Stay up and like be awake for so, just so freaking long. Yeah. So I was like, I want to unplug by 7 p.m. Well, I think there were like three days this week that I was done by like 5.30. That's a great. I'm so proud of you. I know. And I, that's amazing. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I yeah. Like, I was like, what do, what do I do? I mean, yeah. I, and I have all these other things that I wrote down. Like I need to, I've been working on my freaking yoga therapist certification for like a year now. I should be done with it. Yeah. So I was like, I need to do that. I need to um, write. Yeah. And I need to read for pleasure. Just yeah. like pick up a book. And it's, it's really interesting. I started finally reading again a little bit more because she told me she being, um, our editor yeah. <laughs> uh, told me to read some memoirs that I love mm-hmm. to try to like get back into that headspace. And Oh my gosh, I forgot how much I loved some of these books. Like I re I restarted rereading the glass castle and the, and wild. Sorry. I'm trying, <laughs> I was trying to grab my book from over there because I wanted to talk about it here. Like that was just, we, I thought there was a, I don't know what I know. I'm just ridiculous. Sorry. Don't mind me. She just wants to show you a book wild. I do want to read that really. I had never read it. Oh my gosh. So I would say memoir between the two of those there, they're some of the best like memoir writing. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they tell the stories. It's, I don't know. Once you start writing, mm-hmm. you read differently Yeah. because I'm like, Oh my God, she could have just said he was smart. Right. But she told this story, mm-hmm. you know, that I was like wrapped up in and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, he was damn smart, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it's really nice to, um, always be learning. I, I'm an ELA teacher. So, you know, this is what I do. I'm, I teach reading and writing, but I feel like I'm learning so much doing it myself. Ooh, that was a weird noise. <laughs> I whistled. Whistled through your teeth. Um, but uh, yeah, so long and short, I felt like my week was great. Yeah. And so I don't know why today, like, I just feel like I need to say this because this is a mental health podcast and we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't bullshit. Mm -hmm. We have to tell how we're feeling. And today I'm just like really fucking irritable. (laughs) Like before we started, I was like, okay, I have to try to not be in a bad mood right now. Well, but it's like everything is grating on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. My kids were in the room next to us and we could hear them through the wall and they got these mother fucking fidget toys that I want to burn. And they've only had them today. They got them today. And it's like this pop tube. I don't thing like that. I don't that like that at all. Apart and it sounds. Mm-mm. I mean, it sounds like something from when we were kids, but I can't it put does. my finger it on really, it. Like something you would get at like sideshow pizza or something like that yeah. you know, like after you played some right um, and got tickets and mm-hmm, turned it in for exactly. this really shitty piece of plastic that does yeah. something stupid yeah i can't stand that noise but the sound it goes right to my like i think nerve that we endings. should tell them they have to do that outside yeah I, well i said i was like you can't do that in here i'm like <laughs> like at all ever unless i'm not here i was like why did you why would you buy that <laughs> oh my god 
So I don't know. It's not just the kids though. I just feel like I'm just really irritable. So I know you had a shitty week. Yeah. Real shitty. So (laughs) I called Sarah crying in my closet Friday afternoon and I said, well, I was like, my week started with, you know, a doctor's appointment that was a physical. I wanted to get some blood work done. I always, you know, want to check my B12, a couple other things. And, um, Mm, went in there. Th- I don't use a scale. So I've never, I don't, unless I go to the doctors, I've never known. I go by my pants usually. And mm-hmm. so, um, I was like, clearly like I've been so good, like not good, but I've been healthy. I've been, you know, working out all these things. I was like, you know, as much as I say, I don't care. I was just like, well, there should be some sort of correlation between what I'm doing and this number. Yeah. I get on the fucker and it's higher than it's ever been. And I'm like, that's why, that's why I should have turned around. I should have turned around. Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, she tried to tell me I was five, six. I was like, bitch, I'm five, seven. I've been five, seven since the beginning of time. There's no way you're five, six. I'm five, five. And you're, a, I was like, I looked a couple at, inches taller and, than God, me. it was just like the nastiest nurse and doctor. And I just thought, you know, there was a funny point. So the last time I went, <laughs> last time I went was in 2019. So wait, 2019. it was right after Scott died. And, um, she's like, so, and she looks at the thing at the screen and she's like, Whoa, she's like, um, so you're drinking still four to five glasses of wine a night. <laughs> Are you still smoking a pack of cigarettes a day? <laughs> I almost like, yikes. I, who was that? That's, that's exactly what I said. I said, whoa. Like, I was you like, have, it's my file. I was, like, I, don't, I was like, that's not me. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. And again, we'll get into it another time, but it shows you when you're in grief. Yeah. You don't remember Mm-mm. you, you know, it was, it was just a, it was a different part of my life. So. And do whatever you can to get by. Oh my God. Yeah. You just survive. So mm-hmm. that means I was drinking like a bottle and a piece a night. I, I, now that I like try to think back, I was, but it was hilarious. I fell off the table laughing. I was just like, <laughs> like go yeah. Amy, go Amy. <laughs> You're like, wait, is that from when I was in college? She's no, like, no, two years ago. Oh yeah. She's like, no, weird. It was like the summer <laughs> of 2019. I was like, Oh yeah. Well, well, um, so anyway, so that happened and I really tried not to spiral. Mm-hmm. I tried. I told Mike, I told you, I thought maybe if I got it out of my head, it would be better. Um, but luckily more shit happened. So I couldn't even think about the fact that I'm 7,000 pounds. I was like, stop that. <laughs> I feel like I could do stand up about weight. That would be fun. No. Have you ever seen, um, uh, Hannah Gadsby Nanette. No, she's a comedian and she's from Australia and she does an hour long special on Netflix called Nanette. And, um, she, it's like, it's hilarious, but it's also heartbreaking. And like, I cried like three different times because she said, she's like, I refuse to be a self deprecating comedian anymore. Mm. Like it was just so powerful. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm not going to. And that actually is what helped me to stop making fun of myself. But when I hyperbole myself, I don't really feel like I was making fun of myself because even though that happened, I still don't really think of myself as fat. Like I'm still like, 
that just doesn't make sense. Like, I just don't understand that. Yeah. So it was like, I, but I'm a hyperbole queen. But remember doing that. Yes. You have little ears. Well, yeah. At home. We're breaking cycles. We are breaking cycles. And breaking, we have to break it when we're with them and when they're not with them. Yes. Such is why I met them at dinner that night after the debacle at the doctor's and ordered food and wine and just dealt with it. Did you order cheese fries? Cause I probably would have done something like that. No. <laughs> I'd have been like, fuck it then. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. <laughs> no, but I <laughs> like, can you give me some cheese fries and some donuts? Can I have like also three cups of and ranch? can you put those on top of each other? <laughs> it sounds so gross. It's gross, so gross, but I feel like that would just be necessary. Like, yeah. And then my, by the end of the week, I had another situation that occurred that like, broke my heart, made me angry on so many levels. And just, I guess like, even though I saw things coming, it like really fucking rocked my world. I was like, damn. So at another point in time, I'll get to share about that. Can't do that yet, but it has been a doozy. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We can't wait to tell that story Mm -hmm. because it's a happening. It is. Okay. So we were talking about books that we order. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I have to share this because this came today um, from last Not week. Not everybody knows what you're holding up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you watching on YouTube. And it's backwards for you, but that's okay. Um, this came today, which is Katie Maloney's memoir, Cake Pops and Coffee, A New Conversation About Trauma. She is who we talked to last week. So if you saw that episode or... Listen, you haven't saw, seen it yet. It will we're gonna, be up. We are going to upload the video. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if you watch or listen to that episode, you will know why I'm so excited about this. Um, I actually, when the Amazon notification was like, um, your package has been delivered. I was like, oh, it's here. Like I got yeah. so excited. And so it. I will say that reading through it today, what I'm, I couldn't do it today because I just didn't, I, I I'm spent. Mm-hmm. But when I go back, the, the techniques that she talks about doesn't have to be for sexual trauma. All that triggering stuff that happened in my life that like, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to go and do that with yeah. those, with those memories mm-hmm. and with those things. Um, so it's, it's, it's real. I mean, we've all had trauma. So mm-hmm. I think that anyone could really benefit from this book. I literally just flipped and saw this and it caught my eye and it's, it's like the tiniest thing. It's like three sentences, but I feel like, so I feel like I have to read it. It says what quote keeps happening to you. Identify the patterns in your life. What seems to constantly pop up. Maybe it's abusive bosses or unhealthy relationships. Maybe it's financial struggle me, or friends who can't show up the way you need them to identify consistent occurrences in your life and write them down. Like this is a step I need to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's true. And I, if one more, one more thing comes my way talking about financial stuff and she talks about it in there about money flowing. And, you know, Amy always tells me, Burleson tells me about money flowing and letting it flow. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a mindset as to whether you're open to it. Like, and she even Katie specifically talks about how she you can close your off self off from money. If you mm-hmm. feel like that's too woo woo for you, like you actually can yeah. make situations occur so that money isn't coming to you. Right. And um, a lot of the other stuff too, I was thinking about, she talked about how the adrenaline rush of her life, mm-hmm. the hell that it was though, yeah. how then you seek out drama. So I, 
I feel, I felt a little convicted cause I was like, damn it. You know, my life has been so peaceful. Mm-hmm. Like I almost feel like I'm like not wanting to let go of the drama. That makes sense. Your life has been peaceful, but it's, I wouldn't say that what's going on right now is peaceful. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not. And I could make it be done if I wanted I to. See. I see. Am I holding on to, I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, yeah, I don't know why. Cause it's almost like we've, and this is so in case you didn't read the title of the episode, but we're, we're kind of reintroducing ourselves. Yes. Since it's mental health awareness yes. month. Yes. We're just letting you know why we are here, what brought us here. Yes. And so, you know, I just, to take it to that point, like you've had this, you know, decades of traumatic experiences, decades of dealing with things that were out of your control. Um, so it's almost like you, that's where you know how to live. Exactly. And so it's like, if you have to change that and mm-hmm. live in this space of like peacefulness and happiness and love, your body or your mind almost is like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Like we can't go there. So let's hold on to this thing that's here. That's could cause us yeah. a lot of like heartbreak, but doesn't have to, but we're going to hold on to it anyways. Right. And that's, I mean, I noticed that about myself, like, cause I, when I was talking to my therapist, our therapist. Our therapist. Our therapist. That's wild. I love it. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> she can come on the, um, what, is, what is it we're going to buy? A minivan? No, a, uh, not a submarine. <laughs> not a submarine. You know, an RV. Right? An RV. Yes. We need her to come to that. Their Clark is an RV. <laughs> I love Christmas vacation. I know. Anyway, you do. So um, Mike. <laughs> so she was saying like, basically like your brain doesn't, doesn't know how to function. Yeah. And so you're like holding on to these things. Cause I, I kept saying to her, why does this keep happening to yep. me? So that's what actually caught my eye was what keeps happening to you. And I mean, if I think about my life and I really pair it out, there's only one dramatic thing. The rest of it is beautiful. Yeah. Like my life is really beautiful and uh, it's it's a shame that the one thing is like taking up so much space. But the one thing though was had gone on for 20 years. Yeah. It's not like it was like an instance once. Yeah. And then it just was over. This was something that you were working through and trying to figure out how to live. Yeah. In peace and as a family for almost 20 years. So, yeah. yeah. Are we talking about the same one thing? Well, like Scott's illness. Oh, I was talking about something else. Oh, that one thing I don't deal with anymore. I'm saying right. that I'm saying I see, I see. The other situation. Okay. All the listeners are going to be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Cut this out, please. Sarah. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> so when I was dating, I said to our counselor, our therapist, I said, why are all of these men so boring? And she was like, because you just lived your life on like the jackrabbit. Like yeah. what, what do you, that's the roller coaster at Kennywood and which is in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. So I, she's like, you just lived your life on a roller coaster. So of course these guys are boring. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it took a lot of retraining of my brain to, to be okay with the peace and the calm, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Dude, the jackrabbit is wild. 
The jackrabbit makes a appearance an appearance in my book. Does it? Which is probably why I said it right now. It, yeah, as a little simile situation. Can you tell us about it? Well, basically the same thing. Like the the idea is that you know that bump, there's a okay. So when you go on the jackrabbit, <clears throat> there's one hill where you fly out of your seat. Yeah. I know you know, yeah. but right. All of our listeners in Australia don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> and England and Ireland. I'm Irish, guys, by the way. <laughs> so um, so you jump and you fly out of your seat. And I still, to this day, don't understand how this is safe. But whatever. It's not. Like, you, you, you go. <laughs> like, you really, really go. And so, like, if you have a kid next to you or yeah, you have something, you hold, you, you hold them down. <laughs> and so the idea is that, like, I was doing that to Scott all his whole, our ah, whole marriage, I kept pulling him back down yeah. and he kept flying up and he yeah. kept flying up and I kept pulling him down. And just the idea that like, is that, is that helping and saving him? I don't want to say saving, but you know what I mean? Caring for him or is that just holding him back? And so it was just that, mm. that idea of what, what exactly was happening there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, cause as you talk about, he lived his life outside, outside Mm-hmm. of the box. Mm-hmm. And so and it's nobody like, likes those people. Right. Unless they're entertaining them at a party mm-hmm. or creating podcasts that they listen to mm-hmm. or making beautiful art mm-hmm. or on a stage somewhere. Otherwise, screw you. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little creative rant. Sorry. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm going to get into it so that we can. Yeah. So I was looking back. I did a little old school math in my journal. Mm hmm. And I have been diagnosed with um, some for, some forms they've changed over the years of anxiety and depression for 24 years. Yeah. It's a long time. It is a long time. So Sarah and I are going to tell a little bit about like our stories and I'm not going to go in depth because we, there's going to be other podcasts that we talk about mm-hmm. specific parts, but I think that it, for mental health awareness month, it's important to understand why we decided to do this and where we're coming from personally. Right. So I'll just tell my story. When I went to college at 18 and remember stories are what you remember mm-hmm. and memories are what they are. So, right. you know, fact from fiction. Who knows? Right. Um, I was, I was started having panic attacks and like legit panic attacks where you just fall over on the floor and it's, it's just, it's crippling. And I didn't know what the hell was happening to me. I truly thought I was dying. Yeah. If you don't know what's happening, you, you legit think you're dying. I would tell people mm-hmm. in my freshman dorm, please call the hospital, call the ambulance. Like I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. I'm definitely dying. Yeah. And then from those panic attacks, I went into deep bouts of ex- depression and I was like, what the fuck? Why can't, what am I so sad about? Like, I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. So my parents, uh, I remember they drove down and they found me a therapist off campus. Well, like by that, I mean, just like literally one road yeah. over. Yeah. And so I remember my first time at therapy, it was, um, you know, <laughs> it was like an old man. And I remember sitting on his couch and him like talking to me about things. And I was, I looked this up cause I forgot the name cause that's how old I am. <laughs> but it was, um, cognitive behavioral therapy was what he was doing with me. He didn't tell me that, but I was like, how fucked up is it that I know exactly what you're going to say before you say it? Because I'm in psych 101. <laughs> <laughs> and first year psychology students are like, Psh, 
I know all of it. Listen, and I can say that because I was a psychologist. I have my degree I in psychology. totally <laughs> thought, like, I'm just going to let him do whatever. You just keep talking, buddy. Like, I know what workbook you're going to give me. I know how we're going to make this go. Yeah. So... So I was with him for a while. Um, and then he, I believe he was the one who put me on Paxil, which is a dirty, ugly, horrible drug. Don't do it. Um, because it's just like that when you come off of it, doctors, psychiatrists don't like it anymore. When you come off of it, you have really bad withdrawal symptoms. Like physical? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No way. Like it was like, I was really sick. I was really, really Uh. sick. And, um, and I think it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And so I was off meds for a while and that was probably not good. Right. It wasn't until, um, years later that I got back on them. So, uh, you know, so I stopped seeing him. I don't really know why, but, um, I go, went to some on campus counselors and (laughs) I remember my eating, shit started coming out and I was having all of these issues with, you know, counting calories and being obsessed and telling this another therapist, a man about it. And he was like, well, he's like, probably you're eating more than you realize. And you're not running, which is running is the best form. And I was like, what? I'm sorry. Did I ask you about that? Isn't that weird how that stuck in my head though? No, it makes perfect sense. And so I always thought about that. I always thought to myself, I was like, Oh, I'm eating more than I actually think I am, said the doctor in 98. Anyways. No. So. <laughs> fuck that guy. So, you know, this all started in, um, in college and I was 18 night all throughout college. So I found because I'm writing this book and because I'm just, you know, trying to like go back, I found a journal from 2000. And so I wanted to read this to you because I feel like this explains so much of who I was then in terms of my anxiety and depression. Yeah. All right. So, excuse me. (laughs) I'm so goofy. Did you? I did. I did. Like I'm on a stage. Oh my gosh. No, I was like, did you see yourself in the video? Cause your book was (laughs) so just like my finger in the video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just so you know, after this, I'm going to throw it to you and then I'll talk about Colorado and Pittsburgh later. Yeah. Cause I'm done talking. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I'm just a podcaster. I don't want to talk anymore. What? Okay. So this is actually super serious. And how does Sarah and I deal with that? We make jokes, right? That's what I'm doing here, people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause it's, this is actually horrible. Um, and if I found this of Lily's, I would, I don't know. I'd be devastated. So, okay. So this is 2000. It says a pen cap rather than scissors, my nails rather than a knife under 1000 calories rather than none thinking and wanting, but not doing pulling, but never ripping punching, but never breaking threatening, but never doing wanting to be thin, weak with black circles under my eyes and wanting the scars physical signs. So they can see that I hurt. Wow. Girlfriend. Yeah. So there's more that that was a lot. Um, I, I remember when people say they cut, I get it because mm-hmm. I would take the pen cap and I would go so hard into my skin and you honestly, you felt it released. It was the weirdest thing. Mm. Um, but I just, I never, you know, I just never really went to that level. Like I never mm-hmm. like actually did the thing. Right. Um, but all of those tendencies were there and, I think that as we struggle with mental health, I think that's what it is, is I think that 
we want people to see on the outside how we're feeling on the inside. For sure. And as I read through my journals for the next like 10 years, that's basically what I said. I said, I'm so tired of this facade. I'm so tired. I don't want to be this anymore. Like I want to be me, but I have to be perfect because that's the person I made and that's what I need. And da, 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 da. And you know, I think now I'm finally coming to terms that that's not going to be the situation mm-hmm. as I'm telling my story now, you know, the truth. And that's what we want though. We want people to understand that mental health is, it's just as much as a physical illness. You're just not going to see it on the outside. Yeah. So, and I, I listened when I was listening to Kate, uh, Casey's podcast, it said, I told, I said, which I forgot I said, but you know, when you put on the lipstick and you put on the nails and you do your hair and you put on the cute earrings, like everybody's just like, Oh, she just still has her shit together. Yeah. She just keeps going like the Energizer Bunny. Like mm-hmm. she just isn't going to break. And I'm like, such a, such a survivor. You're such a you're fighter. So, you're, you're so, so strong. strong. Oh, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not strong. I'm not brave. Stop. And, but you feel like you have to live up to that. You're like, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. And but inside I, you feel like you're dying. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so. Yeah, I, I was just bringing it back to what I think my my 18-year-old self and my 42-year-old self wants you to know. Yeah. Is that I just want you to know that, you know, I'm sick, right? And it's not physical, right? Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was very uh personal, so seriously, thank you for reading that journal entry. Yeah. I'm happy that I had um a place to do that because I think it's important. I just want to go back and hold. Mm. I guess I wasn't 18. I was like 19 or 20, a 20 year old Amy and just be like, it's going to be all right, man. I know. Yeah. The facade, the fitting in boxes and the stigma and the shame is what kills us. Yeah. It's what killed Scott and it's what's going to kill me if I don't figure out how to change it. And so many other people. Right. Right. So I'm not going to be quiet anymore. Mm Mm-mm. We're gonna shout it from the rooftops. You know it. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, so my diagnosis was done very late. Um, so I'm gonna kind of like preface with what was going on before that because I think it's very important to know how I was feeling and how I just had like zero understanding for like what was happening to me. So I, I went through a lot of stuff growing up. You guys have heard some of it. If you've listened to all of our episodes, you know some of the shit that's busted through my, <laughs> through my life like a tornado. Um, but, you know, I like lots of death and um, like sexual things. And so I was depressed and had absolutely no idea that I was, though. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I can remember being I can remember being a child and. Something just fell behind me and it scared the shit out of me. Just a little poster. Um, yeah, but it's the poster that says, you're like really pretty. Like really. So I feel like that was, um, somebody telling that to you so that you can remember that because of what you were talking about. Maybe. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Or City. Yeah. I like to think of them both, like just standing there being my cheerleaders, yes. like, go, go, <laughs> you got this, you 
how I envision them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. So, um, uh, anyways, before we had our other two guests on, <laughs> Scott, Scott and um, yeah. So like, I just, I can remember being a child and just being so tired all the time. And I was like, something is wrong, mom. Like I'm just tired all the time. And this, I mean, this went on for years and years and years. And she's like, oh, you just have allergies or you just, mm-hmm. you know, that's because, you know, like in the eighties and nineties and whatever, yeah. we're like, it's all physical. Like yeah. it was all physical yeah. ailments and stuff. So, um, like, we just didn't know any better. Take some Tylenol. Yeah, take some, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, we'll take, take Benadryl and then I'm like even more tired. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I can remember at 19 years old going to the doctor and saying like, I'm so thoroughly exhausted all of the time. Like I cannot get out of bed. And he was like, you know, we'll test your thyroid. That mm-hmm. was the first thing. And that of course came back normal. And it was sort of like, well, I don't know, get better sleep, get more sleep. And yeah, we'll go from there. And I'm like, okay. I mean, this is 19. I'm 19 yeah. years old. You're supposed to have a little bit more energy. Yeah. Uh, so I go to college, same thing. I like come back after my like last class of the day, sleep until dinner, get up, go to dinner, come back and then do like my homework and then go to sleep. Oh my again. God. It was bad. Um, <clears throat> I also, my freshman year, I remember my roommate was, um, she was awesome, but she had a boyfriend who lived off campus. So she was like never there. So I was in this bed and we had like a, <clears throat> the ends like corner room. So it was like this extra big room Yeah, and I would turn off all the lights and I would listen to Ben folds five, the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner. I don't know if you guys know that album at all, but I, mean, it's I like, love Ben folds, but no, it's like probably some of the most depressing music they've ever made. <laughs> And I would just listen to that with like the shades drawn, the lights yeah. off. And I would just lay there because there was a song that was about, it was called narcolepsy. And it's like, just about like, I'm not tired, but I go to sleep. Yep. And you know, I just, no matter what's going on, like I go to sleep, like it's just all, you know, that's like the answer for everything. Mm-hmm. And I would just listen to that and I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And I just felt, you know, you felt, it felt me so hard. <laughs> You know, when you're like, it's hard to like know if it's like depression or angstiness. Right. Cause like I looked back on that for years and I thought, oh my God, I was such a drama angsty girl, but I wasn't, I was fucking depressed. Yeah. (laughs) My song was the end by the doors. Oh damn. 17,000 hours long. Mm -hmm. And I just put it on repeat. Whoa. Sorry. That's heavy. That was real heavy. When my dad was getting towards the end of his life, cause he died from cancer, he would listen to this like old oh like song from the fifties called the end of the world. And oh, like, it just made me so sad. Cause I was like, how, how does he sit there and like, know that he's going to die like soon? Like, how do you, how do you, did you live? Talk to him. Oh yeah. I actually, so because I was a psychology major, I had she had a, just done one one She knows everything. Oh, no. <laughs> this was, <laughs> I was actually a senior when he died. So I was, I actually <laughs> did know everything. <laughs> did you, all these dead people are, are messing with us. Right her chair just like got all jacked up and her headphones what like is happening. Okay. I'm back. 
<laughs> Sorry, Dad. All right. <clears throat> and my dad would say, because he was a radio DJ back in the day, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I took this class called the psychology of death and dying. Super not depressing. Wow. (laughs) And he was like really sick at the time. And it was like, you know, towards the end. And so for like my final project for that class, I actually sat down and interviewed him and um, asked him like how he felt. And I cannot remember anything that he said. Which is terrible. Yeah, I have to find it. I have no, and because it was like a thousand years ago, it's on those eight millimeter tapes. Yes, that's how I did all my interviews too. Yeah, so I have to find it somewhere at my mom's house, I'm sure. But yeah, I just remember being like so astounded at his take on it and his view on it, but he was still scared. Like he still admitted Mm -hmm. that he was scared. And I just remember getting up and like hugging him at the end. And it was just, I don't know. He was so professional though. Sorry, I'm going off on another tangent because he was like, he was in radio for 45 years. So like we're interviewing and I'm looking at him and he's talking to me and I'm like, he is so talking to me. Like I am an actual like news anchor, <laughs> it's like, like the Rolling Stone reporter. came to like yeah, do an interview. Exactly. And he's just like, he's sitting there with his like, you know, ankle up on his knee and he's like, oh, you know, talking in his radio voice and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> this is so funny. I cannot wait to show this to him. That's amazing. But it wasn't funny because it was like so fucking depressing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. And then we played it in my classroom and like everybody was crying and I, it was just, it was a mess. Anyway. That sounds beautiful, though. It, it, I have to find it somewhere. Yeah. I have to. So, you know, I, I was depressed and didn't know it. And then um, dealing with all of that. And then he passed my senior year of college. Um, so, you know, my doctor gave me like a depression quiz. Oh, wait. I take those all the time. Oh, I mean, I've just, yeah, for sure. Like I took them like. And I'm like, every all the single, time, I all take, the time, yeah. all the time, all the time, all the time. I take them every doctor's then, office. Then like, I put visit. too many, are they going to swap me in the hospital? I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> so you're like, maybe I should just circle sometimes for this So, so I would have, I raced a couple. <laughs> and then like one never, cause yeah. you know, you just have to like one never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, this, maybe this will sound better. It's like when you're doing a quiz and you're like, <laughs> C, B, D, A. <laughs> like I can't make all C's. I have to make right. this look like I know what I'm doing. Exactly. Oh yeah. Again, so, we laugh because that's yeah, how we deal. Just like, how oh, we no, deal. We're not being in front light of any of that. No. So I took it and I actually like didn't, I, I passed it cause <laughs> I, because I was like kidding myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's like how many hours of day do you sleep or do you feel like you could fall asleep at the drop of a hat and whatever? And I'm like, no, you know, <laughs> like they're asking like, um, but all those, all the questions that are on there. And I was just kidding myself. Yeah. Like I seriously, I, I don't know, but it, so that was the way I was brought up mm-hmm. too. It was, it was, so I thought I was being strong. I thought I was being, you know, a like fighter and person. Yeah. I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I'm fine. I have gotten through all of this stuff and I'm fine. And ha- like a couple of the things that happened to me, I didn't even know were not your fault, not my fault. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, looking back on that, I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I could tell her that right now because yeah. I feel like I could have enjoyed so much more of my life than I did. But I also wouldn't change the timing and the path of my life right. because it's brought me to where I am right now. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. Right. Without those experiences, we can't 
do this, which is helping other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, it just, you know, feels like I thought I knew what I was doing. So just to kind of tell you guys, then I started to go to therapy because my husband was like worried. Cause then it got to be like really, really bad around 2017. I wouldn't get out of bed like at all. Um, and so he's like, you need to talk to somebody. So I did. And that was when I got my diagnosis. Finally, um, I was 36. Does that make sense? Years? Did I, I say don't the right so. year? But hmm, math, <laughs> not my strong suit too much. <laughs> I do know that I was 30. No, I was 35. I was 35 because it was before I was diagnosed with cancer. So like I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, not doing anything. I had lost all interest in doing anything at all. Um, my kids were even like, you know, why don't you want to play anymore? Why can't you get out of bed and read yeah. me a book for bedtime? Like I couldn't even like go put my kids in bed at night. Yeah. And it was, it was just so bad. And, um, I had no desire to either. They're like, please mommy. And I felt the mom guilt, mm -hmm. but I, but not, like, not enough to do anything no, about not it. Not enough I've to do anything there. about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so which, increases the depression mm -hmm. and puts you further down in the spiral right. and makes you feel like shit and all that good stuff. But then I finally got the diagnosis that I had major depression, major depressive disorder. And, um, to rewind a little bit, I actually, a few years before that had been diagnosed with PMDD, which we've talked about before, mm -hmm. which is the premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is like, basically I, I'm not joking. This is not like a euphemism. Like I wanted to kill myself once a month. Like it was awful. It, it, this, it was just like, I went, went to like this deep spiral and physical pain. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond it, it was, it was like along your hormone schedule too. Yeah, like. exactly. So my hormones were like, not today, bitch. Yeah. You stay in the bed and you going to hate everybody. Yeah. And yourself <laughs> and yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like that was, that was a big part of it too. Cause I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, right. still don't know how to deal with that. That's still like something that doctors just don't know how to handle because there's not that much really research or like, no. I think, um, well, there definitely isn't a discussion about it No, But, and because I've had a hysterectomy, but I still have my ovaries because I'm younger and you know, they didn't want to like throw me into full menopause. I was like, I'm probably already there anyways. Just I'm like, I sweat enough. <laughs> God. Exactly. Um, but anyway, there's like medical reasons behind why they don't do that. And I just, I still struggle with it because I have my hormones. So I don't have the physical pain anymore so much because mm -hmm. I don't have all the rest of it, but I do have the, the hormonal changes that still happen. And it's like, it just fucks with you so bad. Yeah. But I got my diagnosis with generalized anxiety, major depressive disorder and was put on medication and, um, medication is, I mean, I feel like we could do a whole episode on it because it's such a, a roller coaster. Like, it's kind of like, you know, how we talked in our 420 episode, like finding your dosage. It's the same fucking thing. So people can say shit all they want about medical marijuana and like, well, you don't know how much to take and you don't know what it's works exactly for the you. Same. It's the same thing. Exactly mm -hmm. the same. The first one that I was put on wasn't good for me, mm -hmm. which, which didn't is, help. Which is exactly what happened with me. Yeah. And it like 
caused some like physical, like I had like a rash really and bad. And it doesn't happen to everyone. No. And that's the thing. Same thing yeah. with marijuana. It's like everybody reacts differently to it. And you know, it's, it's hard to have someone take their meds and force them to take their meds when there's this horrible side effect. Like yep. there's one, I believe it's called Lamictal. I'm not sure, but like it gave Scott the shakes like he had palsy. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Yeah. And my well does that to me sometimes. I did check my dosage. Mm-hmm. It's the highest. It's 450. Oh, wait, no, sorry. 300. Three, wait. Why am I blind? I take 300. Oh, okay. Holy shit. She got me to 450. That's well, not even like allowed, is it? I don't know my medicine. She had said something about, I say she, my psychiatrist had said something about like, you can take more, but it's dangerous for your heart. You might want to Google that, Dr. Google. And then she upped me to 450. Mm-hmm. And I called her three days later and was like, I can't do this anymore. You got to take oh, me off. Oh, you're not on it now. No. Oh, okay. 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 No, good, good, no. Good. You went back to 300. I went back to 300. Oh, we're 300 yes. buddies. After only a few days. Cause it seriously, it was like, I could not hold still. I was shaking so bad and I couldn't sleep. I would like be asleep and then I would be like, Whoa. <laughs> well, I, I loved how when they, when they, uh, I know we're all, like, we're all over the place here, but that, you know, that's us. Um, <laughs> I love how when they, when my psychiatrist just gave me Wellbutrin, she, she said that it was going to be like, um, a little, uh, like a little boost. She was like, it's just going to get a little get up and go. And she's like, you'll have it in the morning and you'll just feel so great. And I'm like, I mean, I'm immune to it, but there's no get up and go. I could take it at bedtime and it's fine. Yeah, it doesn't. So it did affect me like that at first. Uh, there's no more get up and go. Yeah. But then after, you know, after you take it for a while, yeah, I've no. been taking Wellbutrin for a couple of years and yeah, nothing. I don't have that anymore. Yeah. That's not my only, but no, my, not mine either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys, I mean, we're very open and honest about it. I take Wellbutrin. I take Cymbalta, which is both for my um, depression as well as for my commercials. Cymbalta was real, real like heavy on the commercials. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Cause I, well, I have fibromyalgia too, which <laughs> she's broken. It's like, well, I mean, and it's just like your muscles and your whatever so hurts I know. Up and my joints hurt so bad. And if I miss it for like uh, more than two days, there was, I ran out one time and then kept forgetting to refill it. And then I go to take it at night and I was like, fuck. So and then you forget by the next yes, day. Yes, by the next day. So yeah. there there was like four, there were like four days when I didn't Ouch. take it. And that was not that long ago. And like the adverse effects, like first Wait, was of that all, recently? Yeah. You mm-hmm. were in so much pain. I was in so I much pain. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with you. There was that. And I was so dizzy. Like walking was not okay. And I couldn't drive. Like it was not bad. To, well, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about going off the Paxil. Yeah. It was that. It was like the, whoa. Yes. And then I would just like fall over. Like it was, it was the dizziness. It was the, yes. it was the, uh, I, it was just, it was the weirdest feeling. I was like, I feel like I'm coming off of some serious like street drug. Right. Right. And I don't know if that's, if I'm like on a higher dose or something and that's why, but if I miss it, it's not, it ain't good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I found the right cocktail. She wanted to up it recently because of recent events. And I said, no, because I, you know, there are things I feel like medicine you need for sure. And mm-hmm. there's things I feel like, okay, I can, I can handle this. Like mm-hmm. I can, 
you know, I can do this. Um, and I'm not like mustering through, I'm not just like pushing through. It's just that there, there are other things that you can do besides medication. Mm-hmm. You have to do it all together. Mm-hmm. You, you got to find what works for you. Yeah. I mean, like, I really think it'd be difficult to just take medication. Yeah. I don't. Well, and, and that's the thing. Cause it's like, you know, if somebody's like, I take a blank a day and that's right. it and I'm and fine. There's no magic pill. You have to do the work too. So that's why we think therapy is so important. Right. Because if I hadn't gone to therapy and worked through some of this shit, not all of it yet, (laughs) but some of this shit, we're getting there. I wouldn't be where I am today. And, you know, I think that I I don't think I know that my breakdown in in 2019 was different because, yeah, different episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, was because of my late diagnosis, because I had held so many things in and I had pent so many things up that it, it, that once I was diagnosed with cancer, it just, that was it. That was like the catalyst. That was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like from that point on, I was like, I don't know how to handle life because it was like, my life was in, in danger of being yes. over. So then I was like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so, you know, you just go through this whole thing. And then that I had a breakdown in 2019 and ended up in the hospital and it was there. I started doing intensive therapy after and, um, that being in the hospital and and reading Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, I also read like 75 other books, <laughs> but a lot of them were fiction. But um, I did read, a, a, I read her and I can't remember which shows how, you know, it affected me. But um, that book definitely saved my life because her perspectives on things, you know, you just, you got to read it. Gifts of Imperfection, Brene Brown. I love you, Brene. You know who else loves Renee? Who? Um, was the keynote speaker today at Amanda's the Authorpreneur Conference. You can't not love her. Yeah, he quoted her. Ugh. But I, so I went through this intensive therapy and it was CBT. It was cognitive behavioral therapy. And at one point they do the thing and I was like, this is so cheesy. They're like, we, I want you to write yourself a letter that you can read when you're going down a spiral. Um, so honestly I had forgotten that I had written this. And then there was a day, a couple months ago, actually I picked this book up and flipped to try to find a blank page to write something in it. And I was like, Holy shit. Cause the bookmark was in the part where I wrote the letter. Um, and I read it and I was like, man, I should have taken this out and like laminated it and put it by yeah. my bed or something. But this was, this was the point when I, honestly felt my strongest emotionally and psychologically. But I was also at a point where if you just kind of like blew you'd like the wrong way, I would fall off the cliff and down into the like Mm -hmm. the dark side. But I was, I was feeling though the most in control and the most, um, I don't know, like aware, self-aware and everything. Even grounded. Yeah. So this was the letter I wrote. Um, and at first, like I said, I thought it was a cheesy activity. And then I started writing and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, so, dear Sarah, only you can determine and declare who you are. No one else's opinions or views of you define you. You define you. You cannot read minds. Your perceptions of people's reactions may not be true. The only way to know is to ask. But don't forget, if you do ask, the answer doesn't define you. Give yourself some grace. 
You've been through a lot and sometimes it's okay to not be okay. Vulnerability does not make you weak. You are stronger for it. Do not shut down because you're uncomfortable with how others may perceive, how others may receive it. It is not your job to make other people comfortable. It is your job to manage, cope and love yourself. So get to work. So these are things that to me sound obvious. No, but at the time, they don't. And like some, well, I, I think we just, we all need a reminder like that sometimes. That just made me real sad because, um, uh, Scott did the same thing at his, mm. and it came to the house. Yeah. But so. Anyways, sorry to take that away from you. I don't, just, I just don't really, you dare just apologize. Like immediately like made me think about how I was like, why is it his handwriting to and from? Mm. Um, but yeah, it must be something that intensive treatments you do yeah. because he did that. He's done that a couple of times, but that one I got later. Was yeah. it something that it was very similar to the things you said? Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounded like he was like in a great and a good place and a really great place. And then he had like made some realizations and, um, obviously I didn't have the words then that I have now, mm -hmm. but he wasn't. And I wish I, you know, whatever you, you want to go back and do whatever, but that what he was basically saying is I'm not living in your box anymore. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think he had realized that that was also destroying him. So, yeah. So I think that part of the reason that <clears throat> I'm refusing to live in the box, um, is to honor him too. Yeah. Because he does, he's not here to do it. And right. so he would probably be really proud of me for standing up for, for these things. I know he would. So, yeah. We are not in the box, Sarah. No. Hmm. Don't live in, in anyone's box, guys. All of you. So I'm going to switch subjects real quick here. Mm -hmm. um, mental illness can, can affect you physically. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize that. So I was teaching in a trailer. How weird is that, right? Mm. In Colorado. And, um, this is recent, this is like, uh, close to after, um, Littleton, like the, mm -hmm. the, shootings. the shootings. And so we were like about five minutes away from that area, maybe 10 minutes. And, um, I was teaching sixth grade and there was a kid in my class who just was not, he was a little off. Like it was just a little bit concerning. And one day he said to me and a bunch of other kids, he was like, I'm going to bring in a rifle and kill you all. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And no one would do anything. Like I remember what? I got in trouble for like saying something about it. Like it was just horrible. And wait, so this is after Columbine. This is after Columbine. After Littleton. You're, you're kidding me. But because they're like, he didn't mean it. I'm like, okay, well I'm in a trailer. Like, yeah. Out by myself. Right. So it just weighed on me a whole lot. Um, and then, you know, on the back burner is all the issues that Scott and I are having with our marriage and I didn't know why and, you know, all these other things. So I am highly stressed and highly caffeinated and not sleeping. And I remember standing up at the, tra in the front of the trailer teaching 
And all of a sudden, I remember looking at one of my boys. He was like a bigger kid. And I was like, I need you. I need you. And I was like, I can't, I, don't, I can't see anymore. I was like, I can't see anything. And my vision went like black. Whoa. Were and they, you going to pass out? I didn't pass out. They had to walk me into the office. And I was like, I can't see. And I couldn't feel the left side of my body. So I thought, oh, I, I thought it was having a stroke. Oh my God. So I definitely thought it was a stroke and I'll never forget this. You know, there's always comedy in these things. So the, um, the, you know, paramedics come into the nurse's office and get me on the stretcher. And I remember like, you know, it's just funny the things you remember. I remember laying there and like my vision was like sort of coming back, but I could hear the kindergartners. <laughs> Oh being boy. like terrified and I'm like oh I boy. just scarred them from <laughs> so so we're in we're in the ambulance and they're giving me saline you know was that what is that they give you I don't know hydrating me oh saline yeah yeah saline. I'm kind of coming around um like I said over caffeinated underwater mm-hmm. underslept and um they'd run every test and like for a moment, there's like a mark on my lung in one of the, the CT scans. And I was like, God, like it was just this big, long day of like running yeah. all these tests. Yeah. And I just remember like being so scared. Scott got there like in 3.2 minutes from like where he was working. He was like <laughs> freaking the fuck out. He was like, what is going Aww. on? So, and he was so mad he couldn't like get there to get in the ambulance. So he had to meet me at the hospital. But I remember the doctor coming in after a long day of testing and he was like, um, I think that you just have really severe anxiety. Like that's a realization. And he was like, you can do this to your body, you know? So he immediately was like, you need to go see your PCP and get on some medication like yesterday. So I I got back on this. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those things. Like I was just like, I said, wait, you're saying that this is just stress. And he was like, well, yeah, like, you know, you have anxiety real bad. You knew that, right? <laughs> um, no. So I think you need to like drink water and not have so much caffeine. And so I was just, I was just really, um, I was surprised, I think. And that's not the first time I also went to the hospital multiple times, not for, for physical things that were brought on by mental right. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, time and time again, the doctors come back and they say, Honestly, it's your, it's your anxiety. Like it's, it's not, it's your mental health, not your physical health. And it's just manifesting in this way. Mm-hmm. That thought that is good, right? But it's bad because it's like, God. it is good because I feel like it's kind of a wake up call to be like, Hey, yeah. And I'm sure something's that's my, not right. I'm sure that's what my body's saying. It's like, yeah. um, hello, I'm going to shut down. Yeah. I called that my little nervous breakdown because that's what basically what happened. My body shut down. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't move. Like it was just like, <laughs> it was like, and power off. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm going blind. I'm stroking out. Like I don't know what's happening. My, my sixth graders were so cute though. Oh God, I gosh. still remember those kids. They were awesome, but they were like, they were really sweet. Like, you know, sixth grade boys are big and they were like walking me in. Like, yeah. Aww. <laughs> it was cute. That is sweet. So, yeah, I mean, I just take care of yourself because God, it can affect you in other ways too. Yeah, it can. And I think you're right. I think it was like a wake up call. Your body like mm-hmm. does that. It's like pay attention because something is not right and you're going to get really, really sick if you don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Like right now. <laughs> like blind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have thought multiple times 
on whether or not I created the cancer in my body from like holding things in because it was, it was like, I mean, I'll talk about my cancer in another time, but, um, just like a real quick thing. Like my tumor was, uh, it was seven centimeters, which is considered a stage four tumor, even though it wasn't because it never broke through the duct. So it's almost like, you know, and it was, um, my, my doctor called it angry. She said it was a very angry tumor. Wow. Cause it was very quickly, quick growing, like fast growing, aggressive. It was, a uh, it was, con- it was called a, um, not stage. Um, fuck grade three. Okay. Grade three tumor, which is like the, like nuclear grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's like the highest grade that it can be, but it was all enclosed. So it was like, you know, this thing that was in, insanely deadly. Mm hmm. And just ready to take me down mm-hmm. for good. And it didn't. It's interesting. It was a catalyst though for your life. It, you know, it, it's yeah. the worst things in our lives that happen that switch it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Cause I don't want, I don't want you to have had cancer and I don't want Scott to have died. Right. right. No, but, I know. But what I'm saying is that. Just like Katie Maloney, whatever fucking happened to you, turn it around. Mm-hmm. Like it happened for a reason. Right. And I don't mean that in that way that I no, hate. No, like everything happens you know, for a reason. Like barf throw up. No, not that. I don't. Please. I'm the last person that's going to tell you that. What I'm saying is that the healing comes in the sharing and the helping and the seeing something good come from these moments that are so fucking dark. What was that quote you found yesterday when we were writing about the fire? Oh, that was a good one. Like the burning, the, Oh my God. Yeah. You got to find it. Cause this, this quote, when she said it to me, I yes. felt like tears mm-hmm. and I this felt great. full body chills. This is beautiful. It says, yes, you will rise from the ashes, but the burning comes first for this part, darling, you must be brave. Like I have the, I have shells everywhere again. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel like my whole life burned down mm-hmm. and I rebuilt it. Yeah. I think that's been the same for you. I, I agree. And I and think the only time that it gets hard is when I try to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's sort of like now at this point, I finally feel like I know the things I need, I need to know. And yeah. that I'm and doing the things I'm supposed to be right. doing. And my favorite quote, what is it? I always say it every day. You know better, you, you do, do better. better. Yeah. And I don't understand anyone who can't. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. You know better, you do better. And I know that being honest about these horrible, awful, you know, secrets we keep inside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is what's going to heal us and the other people. Right. So... Thanks for listening to our stories, everyone. Yeah. Um, incomplete as always, because, mm-hmm. you know, stories are so long. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these days you'll read it in our books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're both writing. We're both writing. We're both vigorously. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get there so it can, we can get it out. But man, I know, especially for you that it's been, really hard for you to be doing this process because it is taking you back to a place that you haven't been for a very long time. 
mentally. Yes. And I said that not a normal human being, an average, whatever, normal person, just whatever is going to go back and reflect so hard on their younger self. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's necessary one to do the writing and to do the healing. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot about myself then myself now the relationship kind of where I've been and how I got here, but it is uh real fucking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to do that, but we like, again, we all have our different healing journeys that might not be yours. You might be able to just like take your heels and go forward. Mm-hmm. That might be cool with you, like in your, you know, in your, whatever your trauma was and whatever your story is. Uh, but either way, figure out which way you need to go and do it. And I just need to tell you, like, I am, when I read my journals, the big overarching thing is this perfectionist, this facade I put on this person that I was. I am telling you, all of you, um, cause some of you still think that's me. That's not me. I, right. I am not that person. You don't have to be that person. I just show up as much as I can every day and do what I can and also take care of myself um, and also share and be honest with how I'm feeling. And I just, I don't know. I just want people out there to know that, you know, if you are struggling and you have a diagnosis or you don't, and you think you might, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Do not let anyone shame you no, over no that. One. Um, because the world will try lots of different ways. So you have to be, you have to just like stand in that, that I didn't do anything for this to happen. Right. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm sick mm-hmm. and life is hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't make it harder on someone else. Like, like don't make it harder on someone else. Yeah. Like have some grace. Yeah. And yeah. ask people to have grace for you. Yes. Yeah. Which is going to entail being vulnerable. And sometimes that backfires and that's just part of the process. And as much as it hurts when it backfires and you have to reflect on whether the relationship is something that you want to move forward with by saying like, Hey, like that really, yeah. Um, that really like hit me hard emotionally and I'm not okay with what happened. Can we fix this? That's up to you. Or you can say this relationship isn't worth it. And this um, situation, this relationship, yeah. this location that I live in, anything mm-hmm. it's, it's all this it, job, this boss, this, yeah. And you guys, I have to friendship tell, this. It doesn't matter what it is. I have to tell you that it's, I feel like it's really important to tell you this right now. And I really don't want to, but I feel like I should. Um, so my children don't have their dad because he died by suicide. Right. So in my head, I should know, like, that's terrible. Like, I would never want that on them again. And I called my mom crying on Friday and said, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I want to end things. And I just feel like if you, to, to tell people that whatever it is that's causing you to feel that, run the fucking other way. And maybe I should take my own advice now that I'm saying it out loud. Because it's not worth it. And, you know, 
I don't know. And, and tell somebody that, tell somebody that you feel that because, you know, you may have seen me on Friday, just like, you know, going out to lunch with my friends and planning and teaching and doing this and that. And I mean, I put on a show for those kids at the nine o'clock meeting, a show. And, and that's me too. Again, we talk a lot about how they coexist, but when something hits you to your core and you, and you get some news or something happens and that it's, it can't, if you're, if you're in a place of fragility, it could happen. You can break like that. And I'm ashamed and I don't want to be that I even said that because I wouldn't, you know, I want to say I would never do that to my kids. But in that moment, I couldn't imagine how to move on from there. Mm-hmm. I just, it was impossible for me to see anything outside of my closet. Right. And I think that's where people need to have more understanding and more grace with people who, if someone reaches out to you, I've seen so many memes on Instagram where it's like when people are in that mode of advocating for suicide awareness and they're like, reach out. Oh my God. You mean those like ones you copy and paste and you're like, if you like this or if you, if you're someone that they can call, I don't know. No, it's actually like a cartoon sort of, and it's sort of like, kind of like poo pooing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it says it's like when you're advocating and it's like, you know, reach out and, and this is before anybody has done anything severe and, and you're telling them like, I would much rather talk to you than have to plan a funeral or whatever. And then the person does reach out and you're like, you're being dramatic and your life isn't that bad. And yes, so you have to know that that is going to be another catalyst to take that person further down that spiral that they're already on. Like, okay, now they don't even believe me. And now they think I'm just doing this for attention or whatever. And it's, it's so hard to, to move past that, even if it's somebody that you're not even that close to. So like it happened to me when I was out of the hospital and something that I had to explain to someone to Jill was that healing is not linear. And, um, you know, meaning that one day you can feel on top of the world and, and, and even from one hour you can feel on top of the world. It's the weirdest thing, Sarah. Uh It can be from minute to minute. Mm -hmm. And the next you are feeling hopeless. And sometimes it's a triggered thing and sometimes it's not. Absolutely. I wish I could explain this to people who don't get it. I don't know how to explain it, but. It's a, it's a real fucking ride, man. It is. And it's so here's the best way that I can explain it. You get to a point where, um, you feel like the apocalypse has happened Mm -hmm. and you are literally the only person on the earth at this moment. You can't talk to anybody because no one's going to understand. And you know, if it's the apocalypse, nobody's there, right? You can't talk to anybody. You can't share any of this because if you share these thoughts, then you're going to be branded a certain way. And <laughs> sorry, you're so funny. Your face was awesome. <laughs> she hit her thing off of a mic stand. She's like, Ooh, it made a big boom. Yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you are, you cannot see past 
literally the next second of your life. No, like it is just, you are living only in that moment right then. And in that moment right then you see no possibility of coming out of what you're in. You see no possibility of being able to live a good life. You in that moment are worthless. You are not helpful to anyone. You are a burden on everybody else. And you truly 100% believe that everyone else's life around you will be better if you and you've basically just described Scott's last like five minutes of his life. Yeah. Cause I've been there. Yeah. I mean, look at me. Didn't even like think about consider my kids. Like, cause people are like, how you did don't. people were like, how could he have not thought about leaving his kids? I don't know how anybody get fuck off. Yeah. Like seriously, because I'll tell you right now, I did not No, because you genuine, this is where I was. Okay. When I got to that point, I was at a point where I was like, I'm not a good mom. Yeah. I'm not here to do what they need. I'm fucking them up. Even like I'm fucking them up. Yeah. Me being here is going to cause them to be fucked up adults. Right. So if I just, they're better off, take myself out of the equation, they're going to be so much better off. And that was honestly what I was thinking. And you truly believe it. Yeah. And we're all, we're only saying this like so that, Again, it's another thing that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. You you just don't until it's too late. And this is not a cry for help from either of us. We both have our feet on the ground yes. and lots of support and lots of help and lots of tools. We have a lot of tools, we have a lot of things tools that we can and, um, use. And, you know, being the fact that like I called Sarah immediately, like mm-hmm. just goes to show you like I'm not like we're not isolated. Right. So, but we're saying it. Because what if you're feeling that and you don't have that Sarah to call? Mm-hmm. You are not fucking alone. Like other people who th- you think have their shit together. Yeah. Are also crying at the bottom of the heap of their laundry mm-hmm. of all their black clothes. <laughs> I was laying there as I'm contemplating death and I'm like, God, I own a lot of black clothes. <laughs> I swear to God, the dirty pile of living in a perpetual funeral, the dirty pile of black, (laughs) so high. Uh, Oh man. Like, is there any piece of, and then, you know how Katie said she had to have everything light and airy, like to make her life lighter. We're like, I'm going to wear nothing but black. Well, just one other side note, because now we're on a funny little thing. Um, Avery continues to, Avery continues to bring me home pictures that he's colored at preschool and they are like hideous. And I'm like, why are you doing this? He's like, but mama black's your favorite color. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's why I'm coloring everything black. I'm like, I like pink too. And his, his, uh, his babysitter, Rebecca was like, did you hear that? She said pink too. <laughs> well, I just thought that was so cute. He's adorable. Cause it was like Snoopy came home just black. And then like, there was like another like sunshine thing, black. The <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> mama, black's your favorite color. I was like, I thought you would love it. Oh, <laughs> he's so fucking cute. Okay. So we were writing yesterday. I just have to tell an Avery story really fast. Okay. Cause, but because this ties into mental health and how your children like pick up on these cycles of things. He was in here with us in the studio. We were writing and he's like, 
I, I don't know. He, he was like, I'm going to go get such and such. And he, as he walks out of the room, he's like, you guys are just stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> he's four. He did. He, he did. Is he did. four. I lost it. I was laughing so hard, but he totally did on his way out. Yeah. It wasn't, it was like a, a going away, like yep. comment. So like a, just, just so you know, as and I'm exiting put, the room, put his, hands <laughs> put his hands up in the air. He's like, I, you guys are stressing me out. <laughs> out of here <laughs> oh my gosh but i was like man he listens and pays attention like oh yeah so and remembers hard. everything yep mm-hmm. no pressure right i know that's the thing so okay, so yeah i again i i just i, I want to make sure you guys understand that was a very serious topic and the jokes come because that's that's who Sarah and I are. Mm-hmm. And so if you, um, we would never laugh at anybody else. No, we unless you want to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. Cause we'll laugh with you. If you mm-hmm. want to laugh, mm-hmm. we're here for that. We are so here for that. <laughs> just know you're not alone. Yeah. Please know that. Mm-hmm. Shoot us a DM if you need to. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah. None of us have it together. No, <laughs> no. So, yeah, that's, that's, you know, a little bit of our story. It's still only the surface because stories are so long and big, but thank you for listening. Um, and we'll, I guess we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. We love you guys so much. And, um, just remember you're not alone and we're going to put some links up for, um, some helpful like tools and resources. Yeah. But we're here too. Yeah. We don't even need to know you. For shizzle. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Have a good week. Bye.